Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 114. Hey, this is Jeremy Rubin, The Friendly Flipper. And if you want to learn how to renovate houses and relationships, you should listen to this episode of the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. I'd love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jeremy Rubin. Jeremy is a full-time house flipper who taught himself how to wholesale and flip houses to break free from the corporate world after spending 13 years working in retail sales to create the life he always wanted. He's currently flipping houses in California, Oregon, and Washington, and has students all over the country. 
as far as Connecticut and Florida. His average profit per flip is over $37,000, and he's now teaching others how to do the same thing. That is making massive profits in real estate while continuing to grow his own flipping business. He recently spoke at IMG Expo in New Orleans along with Gary V, and he's here to bring some major house flipping value to you today. Jeremy, welcome to the show, bro. Super excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now, man? Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Travis. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm excited to be doing this podcast from my new office that we just opened up just last week. So I'm stoked, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How long has that been in the works? That's been something that started about six months ago as a, a seed was planted, in fact, by a business partner of mine. But then I didn't really put it on. I wasn't like, I was like, eh, kind of like, Toying with the idea, but then just in recent months, last couple months here, scaling has been my number one. It's like, okay, like has been shined on like what I need to do. And I'm like, okay, it's scale. And so things lined up, found a great space, good rent and awesome location, furnished what I needed as like signs were were correct. And I was like, okay, let's do it. No better time than now to, to make the next move. So Awesome, man. So let's go take this a little far back here and talk about the fact that you were in in a corporate world for 13 years and then all of a sudden you were just like, hey, I want to go do this. Or was this like something that you always wanted to do, this house flipping thing, but you just had no idea where to start and you were maybe too afraid to take action? What did that look like? Yeah. So definitely wasn't something that I always knew I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to own my own business, but I really never was sure what kind of business that was going to be. And it took me really hitting a rock bottom point at my corporate job, realizing like I could never see myself doing this again, another 30 or 40 years, like to get the drive to figure out what I wanted to do and what that next step was going to be. So it was after I hit that point that I was like, I got to figure something out. Yeah, And so it really only became serious as far as from a flipping, from a, like a short-term investing side, from like flipping and wholesaling. That only started just about five years. It'll be just about five years ago. That whole idea stumbled upon that. Before that, I knew that there was something in real estate. I had a rental property and bought a second rental property, but I was never aware of the wholesaling and flipping aspect of it until more recently. And then stumbled upon that and just started diving more and more into it. What did your first deal look like? Your first flip, what did that look like? As far as did you go get formal training on how to do this? Or were you just like, all right, well, I'll just see if I can go find a deal with enough spread and then figure out a way to buy it and put some work into it? Yeah, it was much more the second one there. It was basically, I had some ideas. All of my training came from up to that point had come from YouTube videos, podcasts, bigger pockets, just searching on the forum. Yeah. And from there, I realized I understood the concept of wholesaling and I knew it was just that I knew if I had a big enough spread that I would be okay. So that was just the mission I took off with was just started making offers. Your first deal was a wholesale deal or a flip? It was a wholesale deal. That's how I first got into the investing side, the, or I should say the you know the short term mm-hmm. yeah. side of things as opposed to the buy and hold. Yeah, the more active actually, that's, that's traditionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose buy and hold is actually more traditional. That's investing. But the creative side of things with that was my first deal was a wholesale deal. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. So if there's somebody listening out there that doesn't exactly know what we're talking about, can you explain what a wholesale deal really looks like and what that means? Yeah. So a wholesale deal is when basically you've got a house that is the seller has agreed to sell at a certain price. You've got it under contract, basically under agreement that they will sell it to you at that price. However, you can assign your right or your ability to perform on that contract or your ability to buy it at that price to somebody else for a fee. So for example, the house, you have it under contract. In other words, they're agreeing to sell it to you for $100,000. And you now have the ability to sell that piece of paper, basically assign that piece of paper for a fee to another investor, for example, for $5,000. And then the other investor pays $105 total. The seller gets their $100 and you make $5,000 in between there for connecting the deal and, and making it come together. And so that's what's called wholesaling. Yeah. The reason I wanted you to explain that is that I think there's this really big misconception that in order to start making money in real estate, you have a ton of money in the bank. So I like to hear stories like that because it just shows people like, look, you don't have to have a quarter million dollars in the bank to go start investing in real estate. This is something that you can do. When you wholesale, you're not using any of your own money. You're literally putting the deal under contract and then assigning it to somebody else and making a margin just for making the connection. There's just so many creative ways to make this kind of stuff happen. So it's awesome to hear that you were just like, hey, look, I didn't have a ton of formal training. Like I just watched YouTube videos, listened to Bigger Pockets podcast, a couple other podcasts. I did some research and then I started working to find a deal. How long did it take you to find the first deal? And how long on average does it take you to find deals nowadays? The first deal took almost a year. It took almost a year from wow. the time that I started just toying with the idea 
and not really understanding how to market or how to put the word out really like like I was pulling from pieces here and there like you know I heard okay so you have to find a motivated seller and I'm like okay so what's a motivated seller where do I find those so it's then I'm searching you know how do I do that and so it took a long time because I didn't really know exactly what to do once I figured out okay Craigslist ads like that's okay this is a an actual tangible thing that I can put out there marketing without putting out money for it so from the time I actually started implementing that took about 6 months my first thing was Craigslist ads, just putting out ads saying basically anything like looking to sell your house, I'm not an agent, dot, dot, dot. And then in the ad, it would say, hey, I'm looking for a house to buy. I can pay cash. I can close fast. See, because it, it took me those first six months really to figure out you know, what to say. Like, What's the message you're trying to get across as an investor? Like, Where do you come in the marketplace? So a lot of... There was a big learning curve before I even... you know, A kind of understanding before I even really started to know what I was trying to do when I... I knew I needed a house, but I didn't really understand the process. So that played into a big part of that first deal. Yeah. The, the reason I asked, bro, is like people just give up too early. <laughs> you know, like... They do. You, you yeah. Just, this is something that you had in your mind. And then after you did a ton of just self-education into all of this, then after that, it took you another six months of searching and putting out ads and not giving up before you found a deal that you could actually make some money on. And then from there, you have now this entire business and personal brand that you've basically built up from scratch just because you weren't willing to give up. You had something that you wanted to do and you saw it all the way through to the end. So now you've done really well for yourself, flipping houses, wholesaling, all this kind of stuff to make that average profit over 37000 on a deal. It's fantastic margins, especially in such a competitive marketplace when there's so many house flippers out there right now, so many investors. So now you teach house flipping. What does that look like? I do. I do. So I teach house flipping. I now show people basically everything that I wish I could have gotten one place when I was starting that would have dramatically reduced the learning curve in the time. Basically, I wanted to be that person that I needed when I first started that bridged all the gaps. You can find all the info out there how to do it, but it wasn't all in one place for me. So I basically was like, okay, let me condense this and now teach people that there's an option. If they want to start house flipping too, there's a way to do that. It's in one place and it's in eight courses. So basically over eight weeks, it's delivered in a digital format on Lightspeed VT's platform. You basically are shown from zero to 100, everything you need to know, everything I do that got me started and what I continue to do to find houses, to be able to wholesale, to flip, to construct offers, to find funding, and to you know carry the deal through to make profits. And with that, in eight weeks, I get them up to speed and anyone who wants to learn. And then every week, I have a live coaching call as well, where we go through you know changes in the market, you know, business building techniques, questions and answers on students' deals, just for that ongoing support. So my first student so far to get a deal the fastest was his gentleman's name is Kagan, made ten thousand five hundred bucks on a wholesale deal, and I think he was seventy three days in to the course, roughly. And yeah, and that in thirty days really since he started marketing. Yeah. So it was really dramatic like to see like what can be done quickly when you don't have to pull the info from all over the place. So I continued to flip houses and then um, also launched Friendly Flipper Academy in December of 2017. Awesome. Awesome. Friendly Flipper Academy. Where can people find that? 
Uh, friendlyflipperacademy.com. All right, perfect. I figured it was something really, really easy like that. So yeah. friendlyflipperacademy.com. If you are at all interested in learning how to flip real estate, which really, if you're listening to this right now, you should be, even if you're not. So this is something that I do as often as I can. I'm in a flip currently, and it's something that you should definitely try to educate yourself on. Even if you're going to just do more buy and holds, buying real estate is, in my opinion, the most effective and sure way of growing wealth over the course of your lifetime. So Jeremy's got so much information, so much knowledge and wisdom on all of this stuff. So if you are at all interested, head over to friendlyflipperacademy.com to check out some of the stuff that he's got going on there. Jeremy, quick question on all this real estate flipping stuff. Do you think that getting financing is more difficult or finding deals is more difficult? Finding deals is the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. Finding financing is not a problem. Once you have a deal, it won't be hard to find financing. Yes. So yes, that is exactly the answer I was expecting you to have because that's something that a lot of people, again, I think it just comes from a lack of understanding of what's actually happening because if there's money to be made, then somebody's going to give you money. But so the one thing is just to go find the deals first. So how do you go find deals? So there's a number of ways. And that's one of the things at first that I didn't realize how many lines you have to put out in the water. But top five that I use currently are, well, connections with real estate agents. There are still deals on MLS. People will say there's not. And they're few and far between, but it's worth putting that line in the water because you're going to get deals from all over. So connecting with real estate agents, that's a free, you know, no cost thing. Just take some time. Putting out Craigslist and or you know, classified ads online classifieds in your local area. If there's a local one that's more popular than Craigslist, use that too. Facebook groups, another free method. And then you've got your for sale by owner. So you're always looking for for sale by owner, driving for dollars. Those are basically all methods that you can start. And that's how I started when I was still working full-time and didn't really have extra money for a marketing budget. Yeah. These are all totally Uh, free ways of trying to find these deals, right? Yes. Completely free ways. Yes. You have to put some time into it, but you know, it's like, you're either going to have to put in time or spend some money to, to yeah. leverage you know, other people's time. So yeah, it's like which one do you want to use to get started? And then the next step, paid marketing. I have the most success with actually direct mail, just traditional direct mail, postcards and letters sent to own, homeowners, you know, mailing addresses still perform great. Because like the yellow letters or whatever, yellow pages or whatever they're called or something like that. Yellow letters. Yeah. Good old fashioned yellow letters, postcards, just different marketing pieces to get your message in front of people that own properties that are potentially going to be for sale. That's where at first you're looking at a lot of the free marketing. You're looking at houses that people may already be looking to sell. Mm -hmm. Unless it's driving for dollars, then you're approaching, then that's when you're starting to approach people that own homes that you could possibly help them turn into cash but they aren't necessarily looking to sell right away or didn't have, they weren't actually advertising it. So when you take the step from just taking the approach that, hey, anything could be for sale if you make an offer on it, that was a mindset shift that started making, well, for one, a lot more offers, but a lot I started getting a lot more deals once I, you start marketing to people that aren't necessarily selling their house on the market and then there's a lot less competition. So it's just you and the seller. And so with direct mail, that you're basically scaling up your marketing to a lot, much larger potential pool of sellers right. who aren't necessarily already selling their house or getting offers on it. So that's kind of the next step. That's where where there's still t- a ton of value, even though it's you know snail mail. Mm-hmm. A lot of these homeowners are of the age where 
that's their a preferred communication mm-hmm. method, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. So, so realistically, what kind of a budget do you need in order to see some actual results from some sort of a mailing campaign like that? 500. I'd say 500 is a solid number to start with. A thousand is better, but 500 a month consistently for six months, if you can commit to that, it's really hard to not get one deal out of that. When you're casting that net mm-hmm. to 500 to 1,000 people over six months' time, you make one wholesale deal and you'll make that 3,000 back. Right. Odds are it'll be a lot more than that You know, mm-hmm. if it's a flip. You know, so that's where you got to pay to play a little bit. But you, it, the most important thing is just staying the course because I've done it. I've messed up where I've only marketed it for a couple months to a certain list and then there's no results from it. But then I've marketed again to the list for four. And I won't get a hit until the fourth month or the fifth month. But it's because you're just staying consistent with it. That's where you just got to be in the right place at the right time, which is, you know, when they're thinking about selling, when they're coming across their tenants late again on the rent, mm-hmm, or right. they're just now they learned, oh, they now they have to make a bunch of repairs on the roof. So they're in that mindset, oh, this thing's just become a pain. Oh, wow. I just got a letter from this guy who says he's looking for a house. Okay. Well, let me call him. So just staying the course in that consistency. Yeah. So if you only have like a thousand bucks total, then you should probably just stick to the free methods for a while. Is that right? I would start with free methods. You can even handwrite letters too, though. That's the thing. I mean, you can start with a hundred bucks of, of just like, if you just use that for post it, I mean, if that's your marketing oh, yeah. budget, mm-hmm. you're going to spend a little bit more writing out the letters yourself, but that's, use that for just postage and, you know, I mean, paper and pens are pretty nominal. So yeah. like right. you can start literally with just even that, but I'd also put the free methods out there. Definitely. Cause there's no reason not to do the free ones. I mean, yeah. I still do the free ones just cause that's, Another reason why it took me so long to get that first deal is because I only had that one line in the water. I wasn't considering how much effort it really takes to get deals, but then at the same time, how doable it is once you put forth that effort. Right, right. How many offers does it usually take you to actually solidify a deal? Roughly 15 to 20. One out of 15 to 20 will go through. But I would say... It's, and that's a little bit better than industry average is like one out of 30. So it that's just kind of depends. It depends on like what you're offering, how many, like how aggressive you are to in your offers. There's some, there's a lot of variables like in different markets and stuff on average, like one out of 30. So it's kind of, you know, it's a lot, but at the same time, it's super doable. You know, if you have the patience to stick it out and even make 30 offers that are just from, for sale by owners on Craigslist or from leads from a real estate agent, you know, it's not terrible odds by any means to get one in 30 accepted is actually pretty, it sounds like a lot, but, and it is some work, but at the end of the day, it's, it's totally doable if someone's committed. Right. Right. That's the biggest thing is that for you, that doesn't sound like a lot for somebody listening. They're probably like, Oh wow, that's a lot. Like that's a really small percentage of deals that you actually get for the ones you write offers on. And that sounds like a lot of work. That's exactly what I wanted to hear is that, cause I think people just underestimate how much goes into something like this. They get this idea somehow that like, they're going to go, they're going to find a deal within three days of looking for one. And then they're going to write an offer and it's going to get accepted. And then they're going to go fix the property and sell it and make 50 grand. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. back up. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more to this. The reward is also really great, but the effort that you put into it has to be there or you're going to lose to all the people like Jeremy 
who do have six, seven, eight, nine different lines in the water who are willing to drive for dollars and who are willing to put in the time and the effort and the money and the energy into finding these deals, you're going to be losing to that person if you're not willing to put in that kind of an, an effort. So this is a really big topic of interest for me, Jeremy. So I could ask a ton more questions about it, but we do need to move on here. Talk a little bit about networking since this sure. is the Build Your Network podcast. And you've been doing a fantastic job with that. Actually, you and I met at Thrive last year at my mentor Cole's That's- event. It's so funny to like be talking with you now. That what was that in September? So what, seven months ago or something like that? Now almost eight months. Yeah, ago. it's been really cool to like follow what you've been up to since then and see where you're going and that kind of thing. Because when you meet people like that, like I'm relatively new to the big all the personal development space within the last year or so. When I meet people, I just kind of like I have you know no idea who anybody is, and then I meet you. We start talking. You tell me about that you flip houses and stuff like that full time, and I was like, man, that's really cool. Start following you, and then see that you're connected with Brad Lee, who owns Lightspeed VT. You did your virtual training platform on, and a lot of the same people that you know that I know, and it's just it's so cool to see stuff come to fruition. But this is how I get the conversation going in the networking direction, and it's, it's one that I ask everybody that comes on the show. By the way, do you believe? that what you know or who you know is more important, Jeremy, and why? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Because if you can access other people's strengths and leverage what other people do best, you don't need to be great at any of those things. You know, you just be, need to be able to connect dots, make things happen and add value in that way. And in turn, you bring everyone at, you know together who gets to add their bit of value and make things happen. I mean, for a long time, I tried to very much do everything on my own and just realize like, man, there's so much power in developing relationships in business. Like that's like critical. I mean, you always continuously be working on your craft and bring some value obviously to the table yourself, but like just leveraging relationships is enormously powerful in business. Now I'm totally new to that aspect as well. I mean, like I think Thrive was the fourth really self-development business conference that I had gone to. And I remember coming up to the booth and everything is, I was just like trying to get out of my comfort zone and talk to as many people as I could. And that was an awesome connection that we made there. And I, who would have thought that I'd be on the show today with you here. So yeah, seven, yeah. eight months later, whatever, after seeing each other a couple of times, connecting with a couple more people and yeah. realizing we know more people in common than I thought we did. And yeah, that's what's so cool about this. And you hit the nail on the head when you said the word leverage. One reason I like investing in real estate is because of leverage. Leverage Ah, always allows you to use a little to gain a lot. And relationships are exactly the same way. To me, you buy a book and read the book, you get that ROI from the book. Like It's more like stocks in that sense. Like If you buy a certain amount of shares of this company, you own a certain amount of shares of the company. That's it. Like End of story. But with real estate, you buy a huge investment with a small investment and can leverage the power of a larger investment to make more money. And I feel like it's the same with relationships versus knowledge is you can leverage relationships to gain a mass amount of knowledge that would have taken you years possibly to get Yes. Uh, yeah. More traditional forms. So it's been really cool to now experience all of this. This is all like philosophical for me up to the last, you know, year, year and a half. And so it's been really cool to experience that. What would you say is like one of the ways that you've been able to add more value to people than you ask of them? Well, I love the analogy between with the leveraging and the business. I hadn't thought of it that way. One way that I now I think add value. If directly with house flipping education and just exposing what I do to the world for people that are interested in house flipping. That's something I never really 
thought of before, really. I mean, the whole brand building thing was all new, really, because I wasn't thinking on that level. I was just satisfied with what I was doing, keeping to myself, just being Jeremy, the guy who flipped houses, and not really sharing that with the world at all, sharing any gifts or anything. That was a big why as to why I went into any of the education side of it, because I realized like, oh man, there was like, I could be that person that I needed back, you know, four years ago, five years ago that didn't really, it was kind of stumbling around that kind of set me on this mission of like, man, there's a lot of other people that could have been in that same corporate environment. And they just don't know that this is a way out if that's what they want to get out or that's what they want to do. So that has been like taking on that whole thing of now showing other people how to do it was really, I never even saw that on the radar until yeah, right. last in the last year. And now it's becoming something to where like you're actually putting a lot of time and focus and energy into it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a way that I'm like, okay, I can actually add value, make a difference in other people's lives and then really contribute. You know, it's great to flip a house and all and you bring the neighborhood value up and you know, you help people and employ contractors and you're doing business in the community, but like on like another level of, oh man, empowering people to like be able to do this stuff too. That's where that mission resonated with me and just it all kind of came as a result of going to 10x, in fact, and just being like set on that oh man, I can do so much more There's by that. actually giving more to the exactly, whole. Exactly, exactly. So. It seems like counterintuitive. Well, this is a concept that I try to teach a lot on the show because it seems counterintuitive, but it totally, totally works, which is just giving without ever expecting anything in return. You know, Zig Ziglar said it the best when he said, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. Yeah. There, you put out so much content and help as much as you can. And it's so cool to see people get actual results from the stuff that you taught them, from something that you actually were able to share with that person. They have seen real results and have changed their life and changed their ideas and philosophies and stuff like that. And it's so cool to watch that kind of stuff take place like right in front of your eyes and stuff like that. So are you naturally introverted or extroverted, Jeremy? I am naturally quite introverted, actually. Okay. It's it may be, I don't know, it may or may not come as a surprise, but it's funny because like this is all the extroverted me is very counter to my actual comfort zone. But mm -hmm. it's just once I realized the power in it, that it all fed into the whole relationship building, business building. It's like I thought, you know, I was trying so long for 20 something years to do it on my own mm -hmm. and thinking I could do it on my own and not understanding like the power of creating relationships and, and collaboration. And yeah, exactly. Like all that. And so it really took effort to work out of that. And so I'm no, by all means, I'm not the smoothest uh, guy or, or, you know, I'd come across, I'm sure sometimes as awkward too, but it's like, but the thing is I just, I stopped caring. I stopped, I let right. all the self, just the voices in my head or whatever the that fear, are like yeah. the self doubt, the fear, the, yeah, like I'm not the, I'm not good enough or they're going to think I'm stupid or whatever. Just, <laughs> I just let all that go and you know, found so, so much power in that. What's, what's so funny, bro, is like when you say that, I totally remember there being like a little bit of awkward moments when we first met because yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you and I are both pretty introverted, but we both put ourselves in situations to make ourselves like I would call myself a situational extrovert. Like I recharge yeah. by being by myself. I like to be by myself. I'm not naturally like yeah. I want to go talk to everybody at the event kind of guy. I'd rather sit there on my phone and talk to people that I know on a group chat and make jokes about everybody else at the event. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so when you came up to me, we were just talking and there's like totally a couple awkward pauses where it was just like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, yep. 
we're, we're here we are networking. But I, but I, yeah, exactly. But I remember you saying that, though. Honestly, I remember you saying, yeah. like, this is totally out of the norm for me. Like, I'm totally introverted. I just wanted to come say what's up because I just I decided recently that I can't, you know, let that bother me anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, I had to go through the same exact thing, man. So it was like a, a really cool connecting point. But it's also a really big lesson, I think, for a lot of introverts out there that think that networking and connecting with people is only for the extroverts. You know, like they, it's like, well, they should play to their strengths and I should play to mine. So I'll just read a lot and never meet people because that's just not my strength. And it's like, look, I understand playing to your strengths. And that's one really big thing I like about what Gary Vaynerchuk says is he's always talking about playing to your strengths and not really worrying about your weaknesses and stuff like that. But with something like this, it's so important. And even if it's not your strength to go talk to a thousand people, it could be your strength to go deep with a few people. I've found that to be true with most introverts, Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I found it to be true with most introverts is that it's harder for them to create a ton of relationships in their life. But the ones that they do create, they go really deep on those really fast and make really genuine connections, which is still another form of awesome networking. You know, like you can play to your strengths within the networking sphere, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's totally a, you know, a skill that can be developed. I just didn't attempt to use that muscle for, because I thought for so long, yeah, I could get by without it. But then I realized, man, since you go to the gym and then you work on a muscle for like two weeks and you're like, oh, okay, there's actually a little bit of difference there. It's mm-hmm. a little bit. So just getting that out of my comfort zone just enough to kind of start to see, oh, wow, some positive effects from this, like, oh, I'm making new friends. Like for the longest time, like when I was a kid, like I didn't even know how to make friends. Like I struggled with just like, how do you make friends? I overthought, oh, wow, how is, are we, we're hanging out and do we have to hang out for a certain period of time so we can yeah. be friends? So, like, <laughs> How does this work? Yeah. 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 If I can come from that to just be willing to like step out and say mm-hmm. hi to, to someone new, I think anyone can. Yeah. And it comes so much easier too. Like the first event I went to was way more difficult. I didn't know anybody, right? I was there by myself, oh, yeah. didn't know anybody. And then the second event was like, oh, I know one or two people from the last event. And then the third event, it's like, oh, look, there's four or five people that I know. And now like going to 10X Growth Con is like, someone walks around the corner, it's like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, And it seems yeah. like every time I do it, I get better at it, but it also becomes easier because I already have pre-existing relationships with a lot of the people that are in those same spheres anyway. Even when you get to that point, sometimes it might be good just to take a quick jump out of that sphere and go find another place where you're back to being uncomfortable because I've found that the best things in life happen outside your comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I cannot agree with that more. The best things absolutely do occur as a result of being outside your comfort zone. Well, cool, man. I'm like I said, real estate's something that's always kind of been in my blood uh, growing up in that kind of a household. So I could talk to you about that forever. But let's go ahead and move on to the last segment here. Run out of time. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Sure. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Test driving cars, test driving all sorts of cars, specifically sports and exotic cars, though. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Benjamin Franklin. I would like to get his thoughts on current society and what his take would be on with everything we have now technology-wise. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? Audio and video podcasts and YouTube. YouTube is like my TV, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Then when I'm in the car... Podcast. Cool. What's a podcast you listen to a lot? Bigger Pockets, then House Flipping HQ, HFHQ. Okay. Both solid. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. My morning routine generally begins with workout and 
then just dive into the day to-do list and then just start banging stuff out. Awesome. What is your go-to pump-up song? It is Tiesto and Diplo, Come On. Gotcha. Gotcha. That would, that would be the best one. With the Busta Rhymes edition. What is something that you are just not very good at? Answering questions like this on the spot. <laughs> Perfect. As we get everything wrapped up here, bro. What is one place online where we will be able to find you the most? Well, Jeremy Rubin on Facebook, The Friendly Flipper. TheFriendlyFlipperAcademy.com. The Friendly Flipper on Instagram. Yeah, so I'm all over if, social media. If you go to FriendlyFlipperAcademy.com, are all of your social media links up there? They are not. Okay. They are not. Actually, I should say, come to my Facebook page would be the best way. Perfect. Come That's to the Friendly Flipper page, Facebook page, yeah. Perfect. That's what I want to see. So go to the Friendly Flipper Facebook page and then everything else you can branch off of from there. Jeremy's always posting stuff on Instagram, on Snapchat. If you're on any of those social media platforms, it's at the Friendly Flipper. And he's always putting out content, always uh, letting people know what he's up to. Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's an awesome, awesome topic. I loved uh, talking with you about it. Yeah, Travis, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.